Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we have another great baseball-related episode. We answer a few questions that are baseball-specific. We talk about exercises that we do to help stabilize and protect the UCL, the Tommy John. We talk about working with pitchers that have both instability and thoracic outlet syndrome. And we talk about how we manage the pitcher that's actually gaining external rotation during the season. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better move better and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm up in Boston at Champion PT and Performance. Lenny McCrina, Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Mike Scaduto. We're here with our student, Matt and Kay Kelly from Dalhousie University in Canada. That's the first time I didn't have to look at a yeah, shirt. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Nice. See, getting to know him. That's pretty good. Um, anyway, we're here with, uh, we actually, what do we got? We got a cool baseball episode. We, we get a ton of questions on baseball, so we try to throw them into an episode every now and then so we can just kind of get those baseball questions. So, sorry guys, you know, you guys do a ton of baseball now too, but, that's true. you know, but anyway, it's not as fun, right? But anyway, all right, now, what do we got? Baseball question number one. I'm going to feel mostly good. Trey from Tennessee says, considering the strain placed on the UCL each pitch, are there any proven exercises that can reduce the stress? If so, what are some of your favorites for pitchers? All right, so strain on the UCL, the Tommy John, your medial elbow. So we know we have a lot of strain on that. What's the ligament? The ligament is a static stabilizer, right? Stabilizes the joint. So are there any exercises or muscles to protect it? Yeah, anything that is dynamically in that area is going to protect it. So, Len, what muscles kind of run in that area that help protect the UCL? You remember these? Yeah, I mean, you get your, your all your flexor group, but your flexor carpi ulnaris runs right over the ligament, so that's going to be... FCU is a big one. You can somehow isolate it. I, don't know. I mean, to me, it's, it's everything. It's pronator, it's the flexor group. Um, but it, more importantly, it's going proximal and it's going core and it's going mechanics. It's the whole thing. But you know, we're obviously doing wrist curls and we, we make it you know a little bit more fancy doing hands on stuff and we incorporate some tools just to, because it can be boring. But we got to work on grip strength and forearm strength. But I think uh, obviously isolating that that flexor mass group is going to be critical because of the the, the the valgus stress as you get into that um, layback position. It's got to stabilize. You know, and, and prevent the, the gapping that's going to go on immediately. So anytime you have a static stabilizing issue, you enhance dynamics. Right. So it's about f- first baseline strength, right? You have to have a strong muscle to stabilize, and then it's a bit of reactive neuromuscular control. So if you really look at, uh, anatomically, like Lenny said, FCU, FDS, I think, is the second one, flexor digitorum superficialis. That's why we have initials, FDS. <laughs> FCU, FCU, I mean, they lay, they lay right over it. You can kind of see the muscles contract when you go over there. So uh, anything you can do to dynamically stabilize, I think, is super helpful. So, again, flexor pronator, but also finger flexion. That's one thing that we you know we started doing more so with our Tommy Johns the last few years is finger flexion. When you kind of put your finger right on your UCL and you flex your fingers, 
you can feel it contract right on that spot. So dynamically, that's it. And then Lenny mentioned it well, like kinetic chain, you know, and put your arm in a better position through, you know, proximal support as well. So um, to answer your question, yes, you get get that forearm as strong as you can. And, and proximal mobility, the shoulder mobility, shoulder flexion has been shown that lacking can yeah put stress on the medial elbow. So yeah, so there's ways to get strong. To, to, to decrease some stress, but there's also things you can do proximally to stabilize to take some stress off the elbow. So, what do you got, Matt? Uh, John from Indiana says, any advice on treating throwing athletes with the combination of labral pathology who also have TOS after surgery to remove the first rib? I'm trying to find the balance of increasing cuff strength, periscapular control while not flaring up the TOS following surgery? All right, this is a big question, I think. Let me see. So somebody that has shoulder instability that is post-operative thoracic outlet. I'll start, I guess, by saying that most baseball players have shoulder instability, right? So if they're post-op of a thoracic outlet, then I don't necessarily think that the shoulder instability changes anything. You still want to work on strength and dynamic stability of the shoulder. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Lendis? Does working, or you got anybody, I mean, does, does working shoulder strength and stability, you think that's going to compromise the decompressed thoracic outlet? Because I think that was a part of his question. He yeah, I think about. maybe the shoulder, if we're going to call it instability or, or hyperlaxity or just the excessive mobility they have, may have led to the thoracic outlet. Like just all that, right. that, all that movement that they had and all the gross movements and the, the, the subtle movements. Uh, may have put a ton of stress on the dynamic stabilizers, thinking they needed to really, uh, you know, stabilize the area, and then they get excessively tight, or uh, some kind of a Wolf's Law thing occurs, and now you start compromising the neurovascular structures, and then so that's probably what got him in this position. So I would work on a ton of dynamic stability, starting very light, see how they respond, and then progressing them, you know, through a manual therapy type program, and then any kind of program for the shoulder, just kind of, you got to work on the cuff and, and, and surrounding structures, scapula stabilizes. To me, it's, it's critical. That's what got yeah. them in the situation. Yeah, I feel like that's a big reason why they're there. I mean, there's probably two main reasons. There's always a ton of reasons. Yeah. But two main reasons where you get the rascal in baseball players. One is from, you know, poor stability of your shoulder. You can be sliding around a little bit, and it gives you poor mechanics. You have some hyperangulation maybe, you know, those types of things. There's a bunch of different mechanisms that goes into that. But then the other one is, is simply just hypertrophy of the scalene muscles mm-hmm. from the exertion of pitching. So you, you know, hypertrophy your neck. Um, you know, they're going to go in and remove those scalenes with the first rib. You know, they're going to remove your anterior posterior, your anterior medial scalenes uh, um, to create some space in there. So, you know, again, I, I, if that's the main reason why they have it, then working the shoulder, I think, is going to be uh, just good. You know, nothing but good. Critical. So, yeah. So I think you got to do it. I would say don't worry about it. You want to be careful of things like uh, upper trap, shrugging type things, neck contraction. That's what you want to be careful. So as long as they're not doing that with their shoulder dynamic program, I think you're good. Right? So, Matt, what do we got? What's number three? Uh, Greg from Pennsylvania says, what would you recommend for maintaining normal range of motion in a pitcher's shoulder during the season? The increases in external rotation seems to be a reason for concern, if not dealt with properly during the season. I, so, uh, I like this question. As I remember when I was reading this question the first time. Most people say, how do you maintain range of motion in season? Because we know that you lose elevation, you lose internal rotation, and we know that. So we've talked about maintaining the loss of motion. And what's his, what's his name? Uh, Greg. Greg, good question. Greg says, how do you maintain the shoulder range of motion and not get excessive external rotation? 
So we we I've always studied this. We'd always look at range of motion throughout the season of our all of our competitive athletes, and we published this in Sports Health in like 2011 or 10 or something like that. Uh, and we showed what happened to external rotation over the season. But we actually gained five degrees of external rotation over the season. So we maintained their IR because we focused on it, but we gained external rotation. So then subsequently, if you think about it, they gained five degrees of total rotation. They've kind of created a more you know unstable situation. So that's a, it's a very good call. We're starting to see that. We just finished a study here at Champion uh, with weighted balls showing that you have acute changes after just a six-week program. You have more external rotation in your shoulder by doing a weighted ball program. So it sure seems like throwing over time increases shoulder external rotation. If you make the implement heavier, that happens faster. If you throw further, that you know long toss type thing, it probably happens faster. If you throw more, that probably happens faster. Right, so you know, so interesting. Kind of, I guess I probably set it up there, right there. But you know, so then it comes down to a volume thing, and and you know, what what are they doing? Is there a way you can control their innings, their pitches? Maybe they hit a wall. Maybe they not hit a wall, but maybe they hit a spot where you're seeing their their motion is changing, and maybe you need to you know change their volume to shut them not to shut them down, but maybe limit their innings at a, during a period of time during the season to kind of allow them to uh, finish strong. You know, I right. think when you get all that mobility. You're putting a ton of stress on your dynamic stabilizers. Will they begin to fatigue out, and how will they perform? You know, come playoff time. Right. You know? Even more importantly, too, is maybe what you do in between starts, mm-hmm. which, which is an interesting thing. Because maybe that's a little bit more variable that you can do. Um, so it's interesting. So I would say step one is monitoring your athlete's range of motion, which it sounds like you're doing. That's great. If you start seeing that some people are getting an increase in external rotation, I think that's your first sign that this person's doing too much. So either just their normal competitive workload, like their innings pitched is too high, or maybe the stuff that they're also doing is too much, and you've got to scale that back a little bit. And they should be, they better be, they probably are. You sound like you're, you know what you're doing. Are they doing a strengthening program in season? It's not just that they're throwing and then they just do some basic bands, which it seems to be the hot thing is just doing bands. Um, they have to be doing a comprehensive shoulder stabilization program to be able to control that new range of motion that they're going to acquire. Right, yeah, good point. So, you know, definitely got to maintain it. So I'd say if step one's monitor. Step two is to make adjustments to their workload, I guess. Uh, if you're starting to see that, I think that's just a sign that they're doing too much. You know, and I never want to say you can't pitch tonight, right? So I would probably say, look, we got to cut back probably on your long toss. And if they're doing stuff like weighted balls, I'm not a big fan of weighted balls in season because of stuff like this. Um, you know, it's 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 just it's not the time, right? I mean, it's it's not the time to be using that tool if that makes sense. So. Um, awesome. Great question. I think that was a good one because we often don't talk that way. We talk about losing motion and how we deal with internal rotation. But that, I think that's a, that's a very timely question. How, to, uh, what, what, how do we manage the person that's gained too much external rotation? Yeah, the, research is, definitely, the research is definitely <laughs> showing that the GERD phenomenon is not as critical as the gain in, in mobility, total range of motion, or the, or the changes in total range of motion that are occurring. And it's oftentimes because of... External just do it too much. So, yeah, um, awesome, great episode on baseball. But gentlemen, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Good episode, everyone. I was getting, I'm giving more to them. Um, Lenny and I were pretty busy uh, on that one. Yeah, I'm exhausted. <laughs> uh, great episode. <laughs> Uh, keep the questions coming, guys. Uh, head to MikeReynolds.com. Click on that podcast link. Ask us some questions. Anything you guys want to talk about. Uh, other sports. We can talk about gymnastics. We can talk about golf. We can talk about CrossFit. We can talk about water polo. Lenny's a big water polo guy. 
I can't so, even swim that well. <laughs> any drowns. Anything you guys want. <laughs> Fitness, sports, performance, business, ask away. We love all the questions, so keep them coming. Head to iTunes, uh, subscribe, rate, review, anything you can to help promote the podcast. We totally appreciate it. And we'll see you guys on the, ne- the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinal.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinal.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.